We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve oh! Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen, This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater. Throw into the end zone. Touchdown. Samuel still on his feet. Inside the five. To the end zone. Touchdown. What a play. And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He All right, welcome to another episode of The Roar Podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. And today I am joined, as always, by my good friend, John Ellis. John, how are you? I'm fantastic. How you doing, Bill? We're looking at another exciting matchup against a, a very unique opponent out there in L.A., the Chargers. And looking forward to talking to our special guest today. For a preview of the Los Angeles Chargers, brought on my good friend, Garrett Sisti from Bolts from the Blue, and he also does the Lightning Round uh, podcast. Some good stuff there. Uh, Garrett, how are you? Good, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. 
Yeah, for sure. So this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup because we just got word the other day that something weird happened to Tyrod Taylor before the game. And Justin Herbert, the rookie from Oregon, is going to be starting. And I thought he played pretty well. Obviously, I was not really too high on Herbert coming out. Um, but given the circumstances of making your first start against defending champs of a pretty good defense, like literally minutes before the game, and he goes out and plays pretty well outside of you know maybe one um, decision with that interception, I mean, not a bad start for the rookie. What, what were your thoughts? No, and I think uh, for a guy like Herbert, it's kind of almost a perfect situation. You know, he didn't have a week to kind of fret over it, get nervous. I mean, obviously the the uh, game plan had to be scaled back because it's so last minute. But also, you know, rather than having to worry about it and get that those rookie jitters out, it's like, hey, 10 minutes before, it's time to get out there. I mean, uh, the Chargers tight end, Hunter Henry, didn't even know that Herbert was going to be starting until he was in the huddle to start the game. So it was that last minute. And what a, a freak accident. You feel terrible for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, had a rib injury, and uh, they wanted to give him a shot. Uh, went too deep and punctured a lung. So uh, he's out indefinitely. And uh, terrible uh, circumstances for Tyrod. But in terms of Herbert, I mean, it, it all worked out great for him. Like I said, they kind of dialed back the playbook. So uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, eye candy to go out there for the Chargers against the Chiefs. But uh, for what he did in the scale back look, he did pretty good. Uh, what he was successful at was a lot of the play action. They ran 42% of play action with uh, Herbert. And because he can uh, run it with his legs, he was kind of a threat there too. So with the rushing attack and kind of having a um, safety blanket in Hunter Henry that game, he did pretty well. There were some uh, mechanical issues which uh, I know, Billy, you saw uh, over at Oregon. I did too. Obviously, I wasn't a big fan of his coming to college either. But, uh, you know, for his first start, you, you couldn't really ask for, other than a couple, you know, rookie mistakes, he did really, really well for his first start. Well, and to that point, just real quickly here, uh, Tyrod is a guy that, you know, we've followed over the years. I've seen him play quite a bit. He played Carolina a couple of years ago with Buffalo. And I know Anthony Lynn was, you know, really, and I think genuinely so, praising Tyrod as the guy they wanted to, to be in that rotation this year to keep them competitive. And I like a lot of what Tyrod brings. What does Herbert do that, that Tyrod maybe can't? What element does Herbert bring that was missing from Tyrod and maybe even Rivers from last year? Is there anything you're seeing that, uh, that comes to mind there? Yeah, Herbert kind of seems like the mix between Rivers and, and Tyrod for that first game because Tyrod's week one performance was very dialed back. Everything's very uh, vanilla. He's a very safe quarterback. So mm. everything was in front of the sticks. Nothing was deep. Um, you know, he used his legs a couple times, but you know he can run it and would decide to kind of take the safe pass or the dump off, and there wasn't any real excitement. And they didn't put up a lot of points against the worst team in the NFL last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. So – uh, they they had a lot going into that week, and Tyrod just kind of put the brakes on the whole thing. Uh, luckily, they ended up winning on a uh, missed field goal by Randy Bullock where he got injured on the kick, so they didn't get to send it into overtime. Chargers got the win that week. But Herbert is more of the gunslinger like Rivers is. Uh, he adds kind of a more dynamic – uh, version of this offense he's able to he's got the big arm obviously you saw it in college he's got a cannon uh, he, he uses his legs he, he had a rushing touchdown against the Chiefs and he just kind of is more dynamic than Tyrod is Tyrod is more of a dialed back safe quarterback and Herbert uh, is not afraid to let it fly I heard him a couple times uh, last Sunday against the Chiefs but a guy that uh, isn't afraid to take chances and kind of just playing you know with caution to the wind right now 
So I want to stick with the offense, and I want to pay particular attention to the offensive line because, um, you know, obviously our two franchises, you know, made some moves this summer, um, or excuse me, this offseason with uh, the trade Turner, Russell Okung trade, and you guys went out and signed Brian Bulaga. Um, it does look like Bulaga is on the injury report. Uh, he was limited in practice the past two days. What have what has been your impression of this offensive line two weeks into the season? Um, because this was certainly you know a huge issue for the Chargers for as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah, no, it's always been an issue. Uh, you know, going into the year, uh, everything seemed to be good. They obviously invested a lot in the line with Bulaga and Trey Turner kind of sure up the right side they had Mike Pouncey they lost him for the year so they shifted their left guard Dan Feeney over to center and uh, everybody it seemed like everybody's draft darling Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky is now the left guard finally getting playing time with the Chargers a much a bunch of years later but um, so far so good there hasn't been a ton of issues Um, Balaga and Trey Turner have been kind of hampered by injuries for the first two weeks so we haven't got a full look at them together Uh, So far, the interior has been looking good. Uh, They did a pretty good job against uh, Chris Jones, though uh, gave up a couple pressures and a sack. But um, the the left side is where the biggest issue was. They didn't do anything with the left tackle. Once they traded away away Russell Okung, they were going to pencil in their third-round pick last year, Trey Pipkins, a small school guy. But they ended up using their right tackle, Sam Tevy, who has not been good to start his career, and then shifted him over to the left side. Uh, as the blind side left tackle now. And um, he hasn't been as bad as everybody has expected. Mm. Uh, he obviously isn't the strongest left tackle, but so far so good. They've been very middle of the road. Uh, that's actually saying something for the Chargers offensive line because they've been bottom of the barrel for a very, very long time. But um, a group that is definitely going to be improving with the, hopefully with the uh, injuries coming along for uh, Blaga and Trey Turner, they can get healthy. But so far, interior has been good. Left side has been okay. They've just been, you know, okay so far to start the year. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere, folks. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Derek, talk to us about these skill players. A big guy, Mike Williams, out there on the outside. Uh, just an outstanding uh, vertical threat. and can go up and get that ball. But he has limitations. You know, most guys do. I don't think uh, Keenan Allen has very little limitations, I think. <laughs> He's been a pleasure to watch over the years. This Rob running his separation, his hands. He's just so underrated about this guy. And Austin Eckler. I mean, of course, he's one of the great value players in the league right now. Ranked second among the halfbacks uh, from PFF. Very consistent performer. Talk to us about these skill guys along with, uh, you know, Henry at tight end. 
Yeah, so with Herbert going into Sunday, who will be starting uh, for week three, Hunter Henry, like I mentioned earlier, has kind of been the safety blanket. He's been taking over the middle of the field. Um, he, he's, he did really well taking on the second-level defenders for the Chiefs. Uh, they kind of just picked him apart, and there were a lot of uh, completions there to Henry. Obviously, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams complement each other well because Keenan Allen can basically do it all. But an exceptional route runner to the shorter middle end of the field, Mike Williams more of a deep threat a big 50-50 guy. And uh, Austin Eckler, like you mentioned, um, while being ranked high, he got most of that through week two. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was not a guy that liked to uh, use Eckler in the running game, kind of didn't use him as a safety valve as Herbert did. Uh, Herbert kind of leaned on Eckler and leaned on Hunter Henry in week two, and you'll probably see that again for week three. Um, You know, they've got got some weapons on offense, and uh, Herbert obviously adds – uh, another dyma- dynamic to this offense that Tyrod didn't. So uh, Eckler obviously can uh, do well on the ground. He's a big threat through the air. And a guy that they've been leaning on a lot is the rookie. It's uh, Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. They've been using him as the second back. Right. Uh, Joshua Jackson, who was their RB2, is injured right now. And Joshua Kelly's been nice mm-hmm. on that short yardage. Uh, a guy that's been really been able to grind out some yards and looking a lot better than people had uh, imagined he could be. So um, a very good one-two punch on the ground from Eckler and Joshua Jackson. Eckler being more the speed guy, Joshua Kelly being that downhill runner. I've been impressed by Kelly. I know we talked to uh, Sean Foster a while back, UCLA running back coach, and uh, of course he's very high on Kelly as well for obvious reasons. And I, I'm having <laughs> just on a, I guess a bit of a funny note, depending on where you are, maybe tragic funny note. I'm already having night sweats about Austin Eckler running angle routes against Tahir Whitehead. It's been been (laughs) tough sledding. And if it's not going to be Eckler, it's going to be Hunter Henry. And I'm telling you, we'll dive into Carolina's defense uh, later. But Billy and I have been talking about the the middle linebacker spot of bother. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I want to switch to the defense because defensive coordinator Gus Bradley is kind of, you know, he's kind of like hot and cold, essentially. And I've seen criticisms from Charger fans about, you know, some of the vanilla schemes he operates in and some of the, you know, tendencies he kind of likes to give. And, and those are certainly valid. But then I watch high-profile games like against Baltimore in the playoffs and against Mahomes, and I'm seeing, like, a, a really talented defense. Obviously, they have, you know, certainly, like, one of the best <laughs> edge-rushing duo in the NFL, and they have the personnel on defense. But – what is it about Gus Bradley that kind of drives Chargers fans mad, but then you see a game like Baltimore in the playoffs or against Mahomes, and you're like, what's up with this guy? Yeah, that game against Baltimore in the playoffs basically uh, gave Gus a pass for a few years with the Chargers. I mean, he single-handedly uh, helped contain Lamar Jackson. He ended up running the big nickel, which no team was uh, doing at the time. And to run it out when they hadn't done it all year with an extra, a couple extra DBs to kind of match the speed with Lamar Jackson and then be able to match with the coverage at the second level too was awesome. And a really good a strategic move from Gus Bradley that you don't see him mm-hmm. do. The thing that has been a sticking point for Charger fans and for most people that watch Gus Bradley is that – he will not stick with what works. You know, he's got a pass rushing duo, of course, that's, you know, one of the better in the NFL. And he isn't a one that's going to design a bunch of exotic blitzes. He wants them to win four on five more times than not. When it's third and 21, he'll go picket fence and go line up seven guys at the sticks and then hope that they can keep everything in front of them. Uh, At the end of games and kind of what you saw against Kansas City, 
you get lackadaisical and you go soft zone. And then you let a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously the best quarterback in the NFL and defending Super Bowl champs, you've got him on the ropes, you drop back, go soft, and then you let him just pick you apart. That's kind of what's been the, the bad thing with Gus so far and why he's been so hit or miss is because he will go with something that works. And when, he, and when it works, he looks great and he's got the tools to do so. But more times than not, he won't stick with what works and will try to, try to throw something else out there to kind of confuse an offense. And it ends up working against him and then they end up picking him apart. So, you know, Gus has had his highlights and, and Baltimore is definitely his highlight as far as the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. And, you know, he's got his history with Seattle too. But, you know, it, it's just, he is, like you mentioned, Billy, he is definitely hot and cold. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, our local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to stop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa everywhere you want to be official partner of the nfl i want to get back to one point you made mentioned earlier about the defensive line i mean this unit is really good in my opinion i mean you guys signed linval over the off season Mm -hmm. um you know jerry tillery he looks pretty good he was a first round pick a year ago What's the dynamic like right now? Because I, I know the Chargers like to not only rotate, but especially on third downs, they like to have Ingram and Bosa lined up on the interior. Like, what's kind of the dynamic between, you know, those guys right now? Everything's hidden as far as the defensive line goes. They've been really bad in the interior for a while. Uh, they picked up Brandon Meebane a couple of years back. He ended up leaving in the offseason. Um, but they haven't had anybody good in the interior for a while. Uh, bringing in Linvel Joseph has kind of freed that up. And Jerry Tillery is finally starting to click a little bit. He had, a, he had his big struggles in his rookie year, but uh, it's starting to turn over for Jerry Tillery a little bit. So what they're doing now is a lot what they have been doing, but with more success because there's a lot of guys because Jerry Tillery's more of a tweener, you know, coming out of college, they weren't sure if he's going to be an edge or a, or a tackle and they can kind of move him around and he's, lined up as a Leo from time to time um, and now adds some speed on the inside. So there's been a lot of mixing and matching so that they can take on advantage of those uh, a B gaps on the interior. They'll drop Joey and uh, Ingram on the inside and they'll rush the big guys on the outside uh, just to give the guys more looks. And that's, that's something that Gus Bradley does, especially on third downs. Um, It isn't something you see a lot early on, but uh, so far, the defensive line has been uh, one of the highlights of the Chargers' defense so far. Uh, it, before, it's been their DBs and their secondary. Uh, so far, in two games, it's been the defensive line. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the second level here. Because Kenneth Murray it was a fascinating prospect, a first-round pick, getting a lot of action at linebacker and coverage. Again, there's some struggles there early on in the run defense. Kazir White's the, the other linebacker and nickel beside him. What's your assessment overall? And again, with rookies like Murray, it's, it's hard to, to gauge these things. We got Derek Brown right here, and we're trying to figure out on tape what we're seeing. <laughs> but what's your overall perspective on Murray through two games here? You know, so far, so good. They haven't really gone after him too much. Um, He's 
uh, you know, I think he's ranked like third or fourth in terms of run stops among linebackers. But um, this is a guy who's just been collecting a bunch of tackles, which is obviously a good thing. But um, you're not seeing a, a ton of plays from Kenneth Murray. Not a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, not a lot in coverage. So, so far, he's been the cleanup man. And so far, it's been good because uh, they've been able to kind of keep the, the lanes open and kind of clean up the trash that that defensive uh, line has kind of given him so far for the first two weeks. Uh, so Kenneth Murray has been uh, pretty good so far, but you know, again, he hasn't really been attacked much. Uh, Kaiser White, uh, kind of a guy that uh, has been was the star linebacker of West Virginia, but um, they don't really see him as that so far. And they've got him as the Will, and they've got Kenneth Murray as the Mike. And so those second second level defenders aren't really being tested yet. So I want to switch now to the secondary, and I mean, this is another fascinating group, and it's interesting because. We, we saw the tweets from Desmond King, and he's certainly one of the more <laughs> talented safeties in the league. But I'll leave that one aside for now. The cornerbacks, I mean, you guys signed Harris this offseason, which I thought was really interesting. And then, I mean, Casey Hayward, probably one of the best safeties in the NFL. But, I mean, your, your safeties in general – or, excuse me, cornerbacks. Uh, but your safeties, Jenkins and Adderley. Adderley I was super high on coming out a couple of years ago. What's how, how how have those guys played your secondary right now? Uh, so far, so good. You know, Chris Harris got beat uh, pretty bad last week by Tyreek Hill, but uh, nothing you can really do to match that speed. They just kind of went go and uh, beat him over the top, which wasn't uh, wasn't his fault. You just you know you just got beat by a better play. And so far, everything's been good. You know, Chris Harris on the slot, uh, like you mentioned, kind of surprising because they've had Des King, who's been one of the better slot corners in the NFL, and they went out and signed uh, Chris Harris to play the slot. Now, when they were when they first signed Chris Harris, they thought most of us thought they were going to just put, stick him on the outside and have Des play inside and Hayward, uh, Hayward on the other side. But uh, they've had Michael Davis, uh, the cornerback two, the undrafted free agent, who's actually done really, really well so far. So the corners have done uh, well with uh, Hayward still picking up where he left off. Uh, Michael Davis has made a jump, and Chris Harris has been uh, pretty good other than the uh, beat by Tyreek last week. And then in terms of the safeties, Rayshon Jenkins got injured last week, and that's when Des King got put on the field. Uh, he's been you know, obviously, like you mentioned, he was kind of unhappy with his situation because he hasn't been getting a lot of playing time other than returner for the first two weeks. And then strong safety, Rayshon Jenkins goes down and they finally put him in. And that's a pretty good spot for Des King. And to be honest, I like Des King at strong safety over Rayshon Jenkins anyway. Uh, a guy that can roll in the line of scrimmage and play that kind of middle routes with Des King. Uh, really good at uh, picking that second level apart. And then Nasir Adderley has been okay so far. Uh, had some issues with tackling early on, but uh, he Nasir Adderley, I uh, was a big fan of his too coming out of college. And uh, uh, Another guy kind of like Kenneth Murray, not tested a bunch, but uh, doing well so far. How much do they miss Derwin James? What a player, huh? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, just tell me from – I mean, obvious, the obvious thing here is he can do so many things. He lines up everywhere. He's in the box. He's on the line. He floats deep. What are they doing to supplement his loss right now from a defensive standpoint? They've kind of just fit everybody in place right now because, like you mentioned, he's such a – utility player where he can be near the line of scrimmage. He can rush the passer, play linebacker, safety, corner, free safety, strong safety. doesn't matter. He can play anywhere on the field really. And um, they move him around a lot and which that's what they did in their rookie year. And then he got injured again and now he's injured again. But 
Um, you, you miss that, that chess piece because this Derwin James by himself propels this defense better than it could ever be. So oh, yeah. right now, all they do is stick everybody where they're supposed to be, you know, rather than mixing and matching and having the, you know, the strong safety drop back and be free and have, you know, Derwin James drop down instead of moving pieces around. Now everybody's got their spot. The three corners stay where they're at strong safeties up near line of scrimmage, free safeties back. So everybody's just where they're at. But the, in terms of on the field performance and what they can do with this defense, I mean, there is no other player like Derwin James. And I hope, 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 hope we get to see more of him because I'd hate to be him to be one of those players who's that often injured, could have been one of the best to play. Kind of like yeah. an ex-corner that uh, the Chargers uh, let go, Jason Verrett, who's now oh, in the yeah. 49ers. Yeah, uh, showed what showed his you know his rookie year that he could be one of the best corners in the NFL. Can't stay healthy, and uh, again he's he's injured again. Yeah, Verrett's a great reference there. He was a, a great player coming out, and then just uh, bit by the injury bug and, and never recovered. Talking about matchups, though, I don't know how much of Carolina's offense you've watched, but it's been pretty exciting. You know, a lot of talk about Cam Newton leaving and how this offense would look. I think guys like Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore had been very productive. Anderson, to me, has been a surprise in terms of his versatility. Uh, he's known as a vertical guy, but he's also doing some things underneath. And then Curtis Samuel's the wild card. You know, Curtis is a guy who the, the fans are trying to force fit him into a running back spot now. And, and <laughs> I heard Joe Brady come out today say, you know, look, guys, we're not doing that. Talk about what challenges this secondary might face or where they might get an edge in terms of the Anderson DJ Moore matchup. Do they fare well against these guys or is it a tough matchup? I think they fare pretty well. Uh, they can match speed for speed. Um, not, I mean, Hayward's not, you know, a four, four guy, but still a guy that's got long speed and, and, and able to hang on the outside. Um, I think where, I think the, the matchup of Curtis, Sam, the, the slot matchup of Curtis Samuel and Chris Harris is going to be the most interesting one for me. Um, just because I don't, I don't know Harris can match that speed. I know they, they, you talked about kind of putting Samuel at that running back spot, but that whoever's in the slot going against Chris Harris is going to be the biggest question mark because at Denver last year, Harris showed kind of a tick slower on his uh, long speed and uh, they kind of went after him. Uh, the chiefs did last week. So that's definitely a matchup. I could see uh, the, the Panthers definitely taking advantage of and, you know, what, how they're going to replace McCaffrey here is, you know, obviously with Mike Davis, who had a, a bunch of receptions last week. That's right. another matchup I'd like to see with Kenneth Murray, who hasn't really been tested. I mean, I'd like to see how he does against a, a receiving running back. Yeah, I mean, it should be a fascinating, you know, dilemma for the Panthers because, I mean, there's so much discussion about the value of a running back and what type of, you know, features it can bring. So, I mean – and I want to speak on that in a broader sense because I'm just looking at the game line and, you know, we at Bet Online are sponsored, or excuse me, we at Blue Wire are sponsored by Bet Online. And they currently have the game at Chargers minus six and a half. And that was the opening line too before the McCaffrey injury. So they don't particularly see, you know, a huge drop off into Mike Davis. I think obviously many people would realize that, you know, going for McCaffrey Davis is a drop off, but I think it speaks larger to a conversation about what type of impact McCaffrey would have brought versus Davis, which in their opinion um, is minimal. So how do you see this game going? There's no fans currently allowed, um, you know, in Los Angeles, but the Panthers are traveling on the West coast. Um, first time head coach making this trip. So it's going to be interesting. Um, what are your initial thoughts I mean, I think it really comes down to how this Panthers defense holds up. I think 
you know, defensively for the Chargers and offensively for the Panthers, I think there could be a lot of, you know, back and forth. I think they kind of match up well. And I think there's some advantages like, you know, in the slot and watching Mike Davis out of the backfield that they could take advantage of. And I think the, um, I think the pass for the Chargers could probably get at Teddy, but uh, honestly, uh, it's the defense. And I'm surprised it took this long to talk about the Panthers not having a sack this year, guys. We're waiting all the way until I don't know how long. <laughs> what are we, almost a half hour in? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> but, so, I mean, that, I mean, to me, that's, that's where it comes down to. I think if the, it's, it's a rookie quarterback who showed a lot of promise and uh, is building his confidence going against a, defense, a, a very young defense um, and one that isn't at the moment getting after the quarterback. I, I will mention that I thought Brian Burns played really well. And even though there isn't a sack on the stat sheet, I think he's still, still up there. One of the better uh, pass rushers in the league, but um, I, I like Burns a lot. And um, I, you know, I think it comes down to, you know, how is this young defense going to handle this kind of youngish offense that's got some weapons for this rookie quarterback? No, I mean, you bring up a, you bring up a good point. Uh, we didn't talk about the defense. So the defense does have some Charger connections. Former Charger Trey Boston is on the back mm-hmm. end. He got you know paid pretty nicely. But, yeah, Brian Burns is probably their best defender as it stands two weeks into the season. Um, and I, I'm a huge fan of Burns myself, but still, like, he doesn't really have much support, you know, outside of, um, you know, especially on the defensive line. There's not many, many guys who are kind of helping him, you know, really rush the quarterback. And he's taken essentially a little bit of a hybrid role. Uh, he's playing off the ball a little better, and he's doing a really good job of it too. Um, obviously, we want him rushing the quarterback, and he's still producing a good amount of pressure. So that's encouraging. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's weird because, you know, four years ago, the Panthers didn't have like a sack through like six or seven games. And then, you know, after halfway through the season, they ended up second in the league in sacks. So, hmm. um, you know, those stuff can be a little fickle, but I, I will say that the pressures are definitely not there. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to take it easy on the rookies uh, because they have a lot of them playing right now. Um, so hopefully those guys can step up. But, I mean, just looking at this game as a whole, I do think there's potential for a lot of points. Um, so I do think Carolina could potentially get, you know, score some points uh, on – Los Angeles, so potent, so maybe they'll have like a backdoor cover. They'll cover the six and a half, but um, but yeah, I mean, Sandy or excuse me, Los Angeles is just so much more talented than Carolina. Um, you have you guys have a veteran coach who made a very questionable decision this week. Yep, uh, and <laughs> John and I kind of went into on our last pod. So <laughs> we did. <laughs> So I think, you know, maybe you guys have the coaching advantage. Carolina can, you know, help offset that with their offense. But I do think it, you know, Carolina can probably keep it close like they did against Tampa and Las Vegas. Uh, But ultimately, the Chargers should be favored because they have the best, you know, their talent exceeds Carolina's. And making the West Coast trip is always tricky, so – yeah, yeah. I think Billy, you know, just from from my perspective, we've we've talked about this every week, and your analysis it, it rings true. It's very simple, but you say, well, the the other team just has more talent, and they do. I mean, Carolina's in a position now where they have scaled back things defensively, gone younger, but they've added some veteran pieces like a tier here Whitehead, who just has not performed at a high level at all here in the last couple of years, and it. It's been a liability in coverage. Yeah, when all things are equal in terms of, you know, the injuries and, and in neutral site with no fans, you got to look at the talent and say, who's got the advantage? What concerns me for Carolina is this 
issue with Okung. He's on the injury report with a groin issue today. And you're looking at potentially Greg Little back there at left tackle now because it looks like Dennis Daly's still probably going to miss this game. He didn't practice today. Kwan short too. I mean, again, this is a guy you need in the lineup beside the rookie Derek Brown to give him some opportunities for some singles. And I echo, you know, Billy's point on Brian Burns. I think he's the one guy, along with Weatherly, who I think has done a great job as a free agent addition in terms of uh, some of the pass rush and, and run fits, getting in there and making an impact. So they're going to steal one game along the way. This is one of the few I think they can do just based on how they match up and how many injuries Los Angeles is looking at right now in key positions. You know, you got uh, Brian Beluga. Of course, we've talked about some of the other guys that, that will be missing time. When, when you're looking at Carolina, here's what I'll continue to say. You know, Teddy on offense has got to protect the ball. We all know that. Defensively, though, they're clamping down in the middle portions of the game pretty well. And I don't think it's schemed so much. I think they're, they may be doing some things to get a guy like Jeremy Chin involved and getting Whitehead off the field, a little more athleticism. And they're just obviously a little more high energy in those uh, second, third quarter spots. And they're honestly a couple really just terrible decisions away, bad plays away from possibly tying a game late with uh, two very good teams. So, you know, you talk about tanking and all that, you know, Billy and I have had that conversation. This is a team built just competitively enough to, to maybe steal a win like this. So I think they cover, but overall, you know, Garrett, I think Herbert is going to have a pretty good opportunity to Eckler. I, I, again, I have night sweats about what they'll do in the middle of the field if Whitehead's out there. It'll be an interesting game. New stadium, SoFi. What are, what are your impressions of, of the stadium out there, man? Just, it's, I'm no fans. It's hard to, to get a gauge on, on the atmosphere, but man, what a remarkable uh, building, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's massive. I mean, yeah, obviously nobody's been inside of it except the players and uh, and some of the coaching staff and whatnot. But um, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's exactly the palace that uh, Stan Kroenke wanted, and uh, the Chargers are just uh, happy to be part of it. Well, it's an exciting time for the LA Chargers. They've they've been through some ups and downs, and I again, you you mentioned a game that I impressed me for a long time about their head coach Anthony Lynn. And the game in Baltimore, the playoff game, where, of course, the, the defense was outstanding against Lamar. And, again, the, the balance they showed was tremendous. I'm a big Anthony Lynn fan. I like the guy. I think he's the kind of coach that, that can take this program, you know, to a consistent level to challenge, which we saw last week at Kansas City. So, nothing but high marks. If they get healthy, I think LA's got a great chance to be one of the, the good stories here over the next few years. Garrett, thanks for your time, man. Where can we find your work? Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're up to and uh, where we can catch you. Sure. I'm at Garrett Sisti on Twitter. Uh, you'll see me. I'll write at Bolts from the Blue, which is the Chargers site over at SB Nation. And uh, doing the podcast, Lightning Round podcast, also do my own solo podcast, which is called Score More. I do that from time to time as well. So you can catch me over there. Score more. I like that. I like the sound of that. Let's score more this week. Let's get a 45-42. Let, come on, let's get a bonanza. What you <laughs> Pretty simple, oh. yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're not playing defense anyway. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Forget it. Garrett, thank you so much, man. Great talking to you. Great analysis. Anytime you want to come back on, feel free, buddy. We loved having you. Guys, check us out all weekend long right here on Twitter for a full run of analysis as we lead up to Chargers, Panthers, and, of course, next week on Tuesday, we'll recap the game right here on Blue Wire. For Billy Marshall, John Ellis, we'll see you next time. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. 
From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.